Well, Father Jonathan, how we doing, buddy? Rejoicing. How about you? Oh, uh, I'm not rejoicing yet. I'm still in hope. In joyful oh, yeah. expe- well, I guess well, I am in joyful expectation. There's the joy. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. I accept right, your apology. <laughs> Happy Gaudete, I think I realized it is. Not Laetari. I think last week I was a little confused at which one of the two it is. I never know. Yeah. And people make a big deal out about it like it matters. <laughs> I don't think that it does. <laughs> it's the one that, that's about the joy. They're both about joy. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. So yeah, so we're on the third Sunday of Advent, which is when we wear the pink and we talk about joy. That's right. That's right. Now, again, this is the this goes back to the question that we always have. Now we've got like themes within the theme. That's right. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So, do you preach on joy? Do you preach on Advent? Do you preach on <laughs> the eschaton? Now, uh, I will say, I was I was having a brunch today with a friend and. She was commenting on this precise thing, and I thought it was kind of a curious coincidence because you and I talk about this often. Uh, because she was pointing out that my homily today, I focused a lot on the readings, which she was surprised by because she thought that I, like most priests, typically just preach on like the theme of Advent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, well, the readings really lend themselves to a lot of like depth. And I think for the third Sunday of Advent, especially, I don't think you have to pick between like Gaudete and the readings because the readings are incessant about joy, yeah. especially. Yeah. Especially the first reading in the psalm coming up yep. for the third Sunday. Are Cry out all with about joy and joy. gladness. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think that you can do a little bit of both there. Um, Rejoice in the yeah. Lord always, brothers That's and right. sisters. Say it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think this upcoming Sunday, it'll be fairly easy to talk about joy. Now, yeah. I got to say, I I don't feel too inclined to talk about joy in and of itself because Talking about virtues like that in and of themselves, I think, can get a little too abstract or a little too theological, where it's like, what are you pulling from? Like, I think it's helpful to concretize and like, just let these readings be what what guides the reflection. That's my thinking. So like, that's, what, that's what I did today in my homily. Like, it was all about what it was in the yeah. readings. Nice. Well, I, and I think, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull on the propers again for this week. And I think the collect really helps to, to pull that together um, for for this joy, right? It says, O God, who see how your people faithfully await the feast of the Lord's nativity, enable us, we pray, to attain the joys of so great a salvation and to celebrate them always with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. Like, oh. it, it's just this great, we're not just, we're not just waiting, <laughs> but we're, we're praying to a, attain the joy of so great a salvation and to celebrate. Like, there's just these layers of that, that keep, that keep, uh, yeah. that keep going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The language of celebrating and, you know, the, the, the joyful expectation. Yeah, there's just a lot there that I find very beautiful. And it, it actually just reminds me of one thing that I preached on today, just to, to mention that and get it out of the way really quick. I, I insisted, you and I didn't talk about this much last week, uh, but I thought as I was praying with the, the readings for the second Sunday that the reading from Baruch really merits some attention. Uh, and I think you and I kind of overlooked it a little bit last week. Uh, especially considering that Baruch is a prophet that's writing during the exile. Mm-hmm. Um, and his first line in the reading for the second Sunday was cast off your misery yeah. and like, let the splendor of the glory of God shine. And I thought that was a really beautiful, and this is kind of what I built my homily around is a, a like a beautiful reminder that even in exile, when everything seems to be dark and dead, 
it's like we we default to misery mm-hmm. you know but the lord invites us to proclaim his glory even in the midst of exile so then i connected that to john the baptist and you know being in exile being in the desert you know but still proclaiming the coming of the lord um but it just that point i think ties in well with what you're saying here is that we're we're not Christians are not called to be miserable, miserable people. Like, you know, uh, and like you're saying, like the gladness of celebration that's in that collect, I think it's a wonderful reminder that for some reason we need to keep reminding Christians about that mm-hmm. we don't need to be sad. Like, I know we need to be sad when we, sadness is called for, but you know what I, I mean? mean like, well, I do, but I mean, like, think about what Jesus literally said about fasting. Don't do like those others who go about it with uh, wailing and dirt on their face and whatever. Clean yourself yeah. up. Do what's right. Right, uh, right. <laughs> look presentable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Know, don't, don't, don't present yourself as being miserable because of this fasting that you're doing. Rejoice yeah, in yeah. it. Because you know, this is what the Lord is asking us to do. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, okay, maybe Gaudete Sunday is a, a moment to like just really hammer home that where it's like, look, you know, one of the things that Pope Francis has given us as a really beautiful reminder is the like evangelization is you know, proclaiming the joy of the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's like really hammering that home that without joy, we're not good evangelizers, yep. you know? And so if you're not joyful, you know, and maybe that doesn't require a conversation then about what it means to have joy, you know, not just happiness and not just complacency, not just contentment. Um, but fair enough. But I think at least the, the, the place that joy holds within evangelization, I think does hold some pride of place in this Sunday's homily, uh, especially what you're saying in the collect. It's just all over there. It's pervasive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's just jump into the readings then. What uh what stands out to you about this this upcoming Sunday's readings? Well, I'm just gonna kinda jump to the gospel really quickly because something really stood out to me. Um and you know, we've talked about this before, how whenever language about like the corporal works of mercy come up, you know, I think you and I, and rightly so, I think we're we're hesitant to like spiritualize and theorize around the stuff. Uh like, no, the gospel is clearly asking us to uh, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, that kind of a thing. Yeah. However, something that I've never really noticed before um, when I was when I was reading this is when the crowds are talking in John the Baptist, you know, we, I think we read this and like, oh yeah, we should, whoever has two cloaks should share with the person, you know, we should stop taking more as prescribed. But he's giving very specific advice to very specific people mm-hmm. and saying, okay, this thing, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, it'd be great if everybody did all of these things. But, like, here's what you need to do, because this is what what you or or people in that p- profession tend to do, or this is how it could go poorly. Um, and so I, I, I just I was really struck by this kind of personalized advice that we can, I just think we can get too overwhelmed and say, oh, I have to do all of the things, and then that usually leads to me doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are you getting it, like, like, you, Jonathan, you need yeah. to do this. You know? Yeah, and maybe it's one of those things that they that they are talking about. Maybe it's something else. Um, I think mm. that's that's the point of prayer, and you know, having spiritual conversation with people that you can that that can kind of get teased out. But just mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. default to some rando list, because I mean, okay, yeah, again, like I'm not trying to say don't do what's in the Bible, um, but I think there's a there's a a more, a more pointed, you know, like the 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 beatitudes like what are you doing blessed are you yeah who are poor yeah. yeah yeah actually you know what you know what i think what you're saying really hits uh the nail on the head a little bit with joy 
uh, how will you, Jonathan, experience mm-hmm. joy? Uh, yeah, that's a really and, good connection. Yeah, and I, I wonder if, like, it's not helpful for me to sit here and say, Jonathan, there are seven corporal works of mercy. Yeah. And if you were to just put these into practice, it's like that kind of, like, preaching at you lists of things is mm-hmm. not ultimately going to help you probably like discern the concreteness kind of we were talking about last week with the second reading the concreteness of what's of value in your life like what's of ultimate value and so like jonathan you like discern then the walk that you take from your house you know to the subway station subway station to your school whatever like what are the actual things that you need to be doing to actually you know do the works of of mercy, you know, and that's actually where your joy lies for you, mm-hmm. for you, you know, to do that. Cause it's actually what's in your life, in your exactly. surroundings. You exactly. Know? Like you're not going to find joy giving millions to the poor cause you have <laughs> millions, you know, <laughs> cause I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Literally don't have that. Yeah. 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 Now, yeah. Uh, and I mean like, okay, well, I'm not going to go on this too much, but that's just reminding me of this other soapbox that I like to get on with, um, looking at the way, looking specifically looking at Jesus, and we're not even there, so I'm not going to, again, go into this too much, but like looking at the ways when Jesus is tempted in the desert, like yeah. he's not tempted by things that, like there are things that he already has. Mm-hmm. And so I think mm-hmm. the evil spirit is going to trick us into saying, well, you, you're, I'm going to give you these things, or I'm going to give you superpowers or whatever. It's like, bro, <laughs> this is not real but the way that he is going to tempt us is by things that we already have and that we already do yeah 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 although superpowers would be pretty cool superpowers would be cool (laughs) yeah yeah okay so i think that there's there's a kernel there that could be a great use you know in reflecting for for uh for a homily is how how do you discern the particular path the lord has placed in your uh in your life you know, to do the good that, you know, John the Baptist is exhorting, you know, his disciples to do, but for you to discern that. And that's where your joy really lies, you know, because that's how you encounter Christ in your walk, you know, like truthfully. Um, One of the things just to throw uh, this in the mix, I don't know if you noticed this, but I, I, I tried to, this is probably a little bit artificial, but I noticed in the gospel that there is that first part with the stop collecting more than prescribed, uh, you know, to the, what is it about the, um, don't practice extortion with your wages. Uh, whoever has two cloaks should share with the person. So he's talking about one of your favorite topics, which is the question of justice. It's like justice giving what is equitable to other people. But then the transition to the second paragraph or the second major section there, I was wondering if you could maybe build a transition to charity, like the justice and charity mm-hmm. thing um, that Benedict liked to talk about a lot is like in that first part, like there's an exhortation to justice, but then, you know, someone mightier than I, so even mightier than justice, mightier than what John is calling us to is coming in Christ, which is more than just justice. It's moving us beyond that to charity, which is coming from the Holy Spirit, you know, baptizing us with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you could do something there. Could you tease out some good, something good there? Yeah, no, I like that. I like that, that kind of, yeah, that dual, um, thing going on there. Um, you know, so, okay, well, we've got, what do we have? Um, the people were filled with expectation. Yeah. Uh, that's something there. Uh, these presumably and, yeah. the people that he's talking to, I guess, in the first part. But John's, John's own disciples, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. That, there's a good question about, like... Because uh, we've kind of been talking about that, this joyful expectation. But here, what do you Here expect? are people, exactly, here are people that are filled with wonder and awe and expectation. But right. it's not at the right thing. 
Right. So like they're expecting uh, John to be the Messiah and, you know, John isn't the Messiah, someone mightier than he. Like it's always greater than, you know. So yeah, like even, but he's he's willing to point to somebody other and instead of the thing that I would do, <laughs> which is like, oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like totally. take the glory, take the honor. So I guess like I, I, I probably wouldn't preach on this like move from justice to charity because it might be a little too abstract and it's not mm-hmm. like specifically in that text. But the the movement, I think, does hinge on that word expectation. Like even even those works of mercy of giving to the poor, like one of my cloaks, like if is my expectation that uh, that is sufficient or that in that is my salvation or do I think beyond that and am called to a higher expectation of being baptized by the Holy Spirit, you know, and not just being a do-gooder, in other words, yeah. you know? Well, th- again, this is something that I love to preach on myself. Um, look at Luke chapter 6, like, okay, cool, you do good things. Guess what? Sinners do that. Pagans do that. Right, right. What What about any of that, those corporal works of mercy, sets you apart from non-believers? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's where you find your joy. You know, and like, I think that we find our joy in the Lord and like we do the acts of uh, charity because of the Lord, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's in it's in the least of our brothers that we find the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So I don't know. That brings in that brings in uh, joy as well. Um, Yeah. What else do you think? Yeah. You know, I'm I'm looking at actually I'm looking at both of these readings, the first and the second kind of together um, to try to tease out this, this idea that I think is this forming. Um, Cause you asked like, okay, how, but how do you do that? Like, how do you know, how do you find that individualized message of joy of doing what's prescribed for you? And one of the things that I'm getting from this, it, it may not be explicit, but, um, all this language of singing joyfully, of rejoicing, of your kindness should be known to all. Make your requests known to God by prayer, by petitioning, with thanksgiving. Like this, these all seemed like liturgical acts. And so I'm wondering if there's there's um, oh maybe an implicit. Anyway, anyway, I'm just wondering if there's an encouragement to find the Lord in public worship Hmm. to find the Lord in gathering together as God's faithful, whether it's at mass or, you know, whatever, like home church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where are you seeing, you're seeing this in the second reading? Oh, just both, just both of them. You know, they're, they're very festive in that, in that, Mm. I guess that language of festivity is what's reminding me of this, this liturgical language. Sure. Sure. Especially like you were saying in the collect, right? Like celebrating. Exactly. Um, Yeah. No, it's good. Hey, so, uh, you know, I don't know if this, this fits with that, but I, one thing that I underlined in the first reading that really stood out to me is that the Lord will sing hmm. as well, right? So the Lord will sing joyfully because of you. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh, and, I like that. And, like, the Lord your God is in your midst. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Like, we're, like the joy is the Lord's. Hmm. <laughs> like, this is a good reversal, I think, for Gaudete Sunday is who's rejoicing. Uh, maybe we talk too much about our rejoicing in the Lord. Do we talk enough about the Lord rejoicing in us? Boom, boom, that's and, it. And he will rejoice over you with gladness and he will sing joyfully because of you. Like that's such a beautiful invitation to like, you are the beloved son. Yeah, <laughs> it's know? very much it, it's very much language of the good shepherd. Yeah, That he absolutely. rejoices at the one, that that one coming back. 
Yeah. Or the prodigal son or anything like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I like that a lot. (laughs) I'm going to preach on that next week. Like, I just, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful reversal to say that God, the reason I was thinking that you might resonate with that is just the, like the language of God singing. That image is very, I think, near to your heart, you know, as a Tolkien fan and, you know, the, the Narnia, the Narnia story as well, like the, the creation of the universe is always done through song, mm-hmm. you know, because there's something, there's something true in the Christian mythos of like song having this creative power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if God himself sings creation, you know, God is singing joyfully because of you, like he's your creator and Lord and, and we delight him, you know, mm-hmm. we are the apple of his eye and I don't know. We just have a very like human centered focus on everything. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, why not focus on him? And he's the one rejoicing. And again, like it is about his rejo- rejoicing in us. So that might be very anthropocentric, but still like there's something beautiful well, I mean, in that. I mean, yeah, you look at, you look at Genesis, uh, uh, what is it? Chapter, uh, t- chapter two, um, where he creates everything. And guess what? He found it good. He found it really good. <laughs> like that's, I think we, I think we've heard that so often that we can, that it can kind of lose its, I think what you're saying, it, it loses its, its punch. Like, no man, yeah. being good is really good. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, totally. Actually, you know, going back to, again, this might be a little too far afield for what I may want to preach on, but like your language about liturgy may fit in too because the liturgy is our act of worship but it's first god's act mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's first god's action for us you know in christ and so like god is the one who is celebrating this liturgy like this this cosmic liturgy of celebration you know that we're praying for in the collect like it isn't just it's not our celebration it's his mm-hmm. you know and that we participate in um and so like working together with him in the work of salvation, you know, it's not just that he saves us, but that we collaborate with him in that work for the rest of the world. Um, I don't know. There's just a really good, like, like maybe an invitation that the Christmas mysteries are a reversal. All of it is a reversal. Everything yeah. is turned on its head, you know, and here we can turn joy on its head a little bit. I mean, there's that great line from, from the exercises where the Holy Trinity is up in heaven, looking down upon the whole circuit of the earth, seeing that everybody's sinning. <laughs> and in yeah. that moment, they, they decide. They decide. They desire um, to. God desires to send the second person. Right. Right. It's like that's yeah. a huge act of love. Right. On God's right. part. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and the- you know. And I wonder if there's a if I think. Well, I think that you we can also um, work that into this other idea of like being being personalized because look, some people really struggle with like not sitting back, but you know, you know, like a lot of people are very um, concerned about what they can do. And like, if I'm not doing anything that I'm not, you know, just can get so worked up. But like for those people, I think especially allow God to sing for you. Oh yeah. Sit there and, and, and bask in God's glory. Yeah. Like it's not you, it's not about you doing anything. It's not about any of us doing anything. Um, Right. Right. No, that's beautiful, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think that would be uh, the angle that I think I'm going to take this Sunday. I think there's something beautiful about reversing uh, joy on God Day Sunday and looking at as God. And as you were just saying, like when we find ourselves kind of down or frustrated or whatever, like like pivot, pivot and realize that God sings joyfully because of you, you know, mm-hmm. as one sings at festivals. And like if, if we turn our eyes back to the Lord in that way, 
like we see that God delights in his creatures. And I think that's just a really beautiful way to approach Christmas. That's why they, like you were saying, like that's why the Trinity sent us for, because for God so loved the world that he sent his Holy son, not because for God so feared the world or God so hated the world, you know, as an act of love and the lover sings. Absolutely. I like that. Cool, man. That's my thought. Your parting thought. Uh, just I'll say a quick word on the second reading. You know, I think a, a misinterpretation here is that we should be praying to never have anxiety again. Uh, <laughs> I want that. I want yeah, that. Yeah, right. Uh, and I and I think that that there's a lot obvious a lot of obvious traps in in reading it that way. Um, r- rather, I think we should be just when we have that anxiety, we should be training ourselves to to do what this reading is is encouraging us to do. Make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Like, let, guard, let God guard your heart. Yeah. And it, is that the remedy for anxiety? Well, I think anxiety is us trying to guard our own hearts. Oh, yeah. Boom. I like that. I like that. Cool, man. Till next time. All right, pal.